Welcome to season three of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready to turn your setback into a comeback? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get started on your new beginning. Welcome to Sadie's Divorced and Happy. It is season three. You and I are on our comeback journey this season. I'm so excited that you are with me today because we're going to have a delicious conversation around quitting and committing. And I have a burning question for you right out of the gate. I know. Do you think quitting something can be the best decision you've ever made? Well, I know that you're divorced, so maybe you're going to say yes. Well, today's guest, marriage and relationship exit strategist, Tanya Carter, sure thinks so. Tanya is a treasure trove of wisdom around this whole quitting and committing topic. She uses her knowledge, her personal experience, and her expertise to help her clients navigate through this process of uncoupling because it is quite the process. And I don't know about you, but even after a divorce, I am still not very good at quitting things that don't serve me. Ugh, I know it frustrates me. Plus, you know, I'm just going to keep it real. I, I am still a little apprehensive around certain types of commitments. Yeah, I said it. I said it. And you were thinking it too, right? I just said it out loud for both of us. Well, I've invited Tanya knowing that she's going to give you some incredible advice around quitting and committing. And also, you know, she's not going to hold back. She's not going to hold back any punches. So, we're going to get our big girl and big boy pants on today because here we go. Let's get this gritty chat started with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. I am fired up to have some burning questions with relationship and exit strategist coach Tanya Carter, all the way from the gorgeous city of Atlanta. How are you feeling over there, Tanya? I'm doing good, Sadie. How are you? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this conversation, but of course we have to start it off with some burning questions. Are you feeling it? You ready? I'm feeling it. Let's go. Okay, let's, let's do, do it. this. All right. 60 <laughs> seconds is on the clock and these questions have been tailored just for you. What is something you're glad you quit? Oh my God. My, my marriage. <laughs> Love that answer. Does the word commitment trigger any feelings of fear, panic, or like you're going to suffocate? No. Since you're an exit strategist coach, do you always look for the exit door when you enter a building? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was funny. I'm sorry. Are closure letters overrated? Yes. Name a person in history who has a delicious comeback story. Okay, let me let me think off the top of my head. I'm going to say Oprah. True or false? Relationships take a lot of work. False. Would you rather be unstoppable or unbreakable? Unbreakable. What is one word that best describes being a relationship exit strategist coach? Transformation. Will you be running for office in 2024? Absolutely not. Ah, okay. <laughs> what is something you'll never quit? My purpose and my calling. What's been one of your longest commitments? My longest being a mother. Oh, that was fun for me. I love those answers. I can't wait to listen to that again. All right, we're fired up, we're fun. warmed up, and we are here to talk about quitters and committers. We've all yeah. been them. So, mm -hmm. uh, Tanya, you have to. We're going to start out with a real delicious question. Why does quitting get such a bad rap? Ah, oh, 
Oh man, that's a that's a great question. Um, because it does. I'm gonna be, it does, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it gets a bad rap because of the perception of what we have define quitting to be. So let me just be the example. When I walked away from my marriage, I equated that with quitting, with all, which also equated to failure. Because we've been told to never give up. That's right. the thing. Never give up. Persevere. That's you so have to true. fight. But we haven't been taught properly to intelligently know when to walk away from something or someone with the level of confidence that we've made a wise choice, even if it hurts to do so. So we don't ask ourselves the the questions like, why did I get married? Or why do I feel the need to quit? Or what have I done everything to make it work? Just being getting intentional about those questions so we can make the most intelligent decisions. Right. I think a lot of people after a divorce, especially feel like I gave up. Absolutely. And there's a lot of shame in that. There's a lot of shame Absolutely. in giving up. But we're here to talk about why it's a good thing to quit sometimes. Absolutely. Before we get to that delicious question, why is it so hard to quit something when we know it is not good for us? <laughs> I, it's so hard to do it. It's a, it's a couple of reasons because it's different for everybody. It's not a cookie cutter. Now, I can give some examples and some reasons to enlighten people. One of them is fear. Is the fear of the unknown. Is Even if it isn't good for us, this is familiar. This is comfortable. And so when you leave, there's this level of uncertainty of what life would be like. So we're really caught up in a routine, even if it isn't good for us. Another thing is breaking the vow. Depending on the faith that you honor, um, because I know everybody walks up, walk of life is different in the spiritual realm, but I can respectfully say for myself, I took that real seriously. Being a woman of faith and having a Christian background, I was told, you know, God hates divorce. Or, and, and I interpreted that as he hated me um, and I was a failure. And so that really did a lot of my battlings um, from a spiritual perspective, not to mention the layers to marriage, right? Let's talk finances. Let's talk security. Let's talk about the children, the time invested, the extended family. Like there's layers to this. People just see the couple, but they don't see the layers that involves in terms of disentangling yourself from all these things and trusting that you made the right decision. The what ifs, or maybe if I would have done this, or maybe if I would have done that, you know, relationship confusion is real. And, and having enough clarity to know that this is the the best decision is tough. And the last thing I'm going to say is unhealthy conditioning. You know, when we talk about abuse, we always talk about the physical part, but we don't talk about the mental, emotional, verbal, social, or even sexual abuse that we've been conditioned to where it's been normalized and it's been familiar. And so sometimes we feel like this is all I deserve and this is all I'm going to get. So let me just stay here. So there's a lot of different reasons behind this, Sadie. I wish I could give people a cookie cutter answer, but unfortunately it's not. There are, there are so many reasons why quitting is hard. And I think you have shared so, so many. And I know before this interview, I brought up a term that was brought to me recently, intermittent reinforcement. Can you mm -hmm. share with the listener what that means? Because I do think that for me, especially in my marriage, that kept me staying for so long. Right. Intermittent reinforcement is a type of psychological abuse. So there's some type of reward and in terms of manipulation. So they they abuse you, but then they bring you flowers. Um, they, they say awful things and then they do something nice. And it's a way to keep you stuck. It's a way to make you think, you know what, this is going to be the last time. And it never is the last time. And so what happens is that it does become a cycle. It becomes habitual and it becomes your normalcy where you almost feel like you can't even leave and get out, right? Because you're 
here he or she is manipulating you, but then the next minute they're nice to you and you don't know how to handle that. In your head, the ideal part of it wants to believe that this is the last time. And so what happens is you go off that false hope that this person will change. But in reality, they're just going to keep doing the same thing. It's going to be the same cycle over and over and over again. And so you become addicted to it. You also even blame yourself for it. You become depressed by it, develop anxiety behind it. And so these are the things that it does, typically it feels personal. happen in some- It feels personal, right. Tanya. It's very personal mm-hmm. when in reality, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything so to do hard, with you. It's so hard though to, to figure that out. But once you do- Absolutely. Then you can it's quit. A, man, then it's the most quit. powerful- Yes, and that felt so amazing to quit that. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And then it's yeah. just being really conscious of not letting that pattern happen again because we're creatures of creatures of habit and it's so easy. Absolutely. To get in these it's very again. Right. That's why you have to do the healing work. Oh. You have to do the work. You can't bypass that. You can't. You have to commit to that. We're going to get to that. I love this interview already. Okay. I had a, a listener pose this question that she wanted me to ask you. So let's just say the relationship is, you know, good enough. It's good enough, Tanya, but you're really not getting what you need. And her question is, how do you determine when it's time to to quit? Or just to say, you know, let's work harder at this. Let's commit to therapy. Let's commit to being intentional about what we need from each other and be really conscious and, and really sharing with each other what, we're, what our needs are. Because I think a lot of times we aren't really good at identifying what our needs are. And then our partner doesn't know. And then maybe we do quit prematurely, just throwing that out there. So how would you answer her question? The first thing, deciding to leave is probably the one of, most, one of the most challenging decisions. I tell people this all the time. One thing that you should know when when it's time to go. Anything abusive, it's time to go. It's time to get into a safe, because you're not safe. You're in an unsafe space. So we're talking physical, emotional, verbal, financial, spiritual abuse. Those are, to me, considered unacceptable. But then you have these other things that eventually magnifies, like lack of communication, no intimacy, no teamwork. Like that sounds very small, but over time, if that is the continued pattern, then it becomes so big where you you become distant in the relationship. In terms of your listener, one of the things that I would definitely ask, are you communicating your needs? I think sometimes women struggle with communicating what they need. Sometimes they either feel like they sh- the person should know what they need, or they feel like their needs don't matter. Because we have been taught, whether that's consciously or unconsciously, to always take care of everybody else. One of the biggest things that I hear from a lot of people that I work with is they don't know who they are. They never address their needs. And then when they do address them, it can be very disrespectful. The approach in addressing your needs can come from anger that has been built up over time for the lack of not getting your needs met. Another thing I would ask is that, am I filling my own cup? I know this is a hard thing, but sometimes we depend on people too much to fulfill something that really isn't necessarily their job to fulfill. It's a self-fulfillment that you have to go seek and find. I realized that after my divorce that I was looking for my husband to give me something that I wasn't giving myself first. You know, it's it's making sure that your cup is full. But even in that, there are th- needs that you must have or that you do desire. Like what is non-negotiable? Like what is non-negotiable? I think that's important. When we understand what, what is non-negotiable, then we have to ask ourselves like, is this worth walking away from? Because you're not going to get everything from somebody. And I think that's that's an unrealistic expectation. And sometimes those causes uh, cause us to make some premature decisions and walking away from relationships. In our burning questions, I asked you if relationships take a lot of work, true or false, and you said false. Why false? Because I think 
that it shouldn't always be hard. And that was my interpretation of the question. Mm -hmm. Like when people say it's so hard and it doesn't even sound like that's something you want to pursue when you talk like that. When it's never no pleasure, no peace, that to me, I don't believe that. My my marriage was hard because I had things that I needed to unpack. He had things he needed to unpack. But at the time, I didn't unpack them because I felt like he needed to fix his problem so my life can be better. That was the truth. <laughs> Wouldn't that be if you, great? Right. Just if you just you, fix I'll yourself. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah totally. If you just fix yourself, my life would be great. And so I realized that I wasn't a peaceful person. I really wasn't like I'm a good, I felt like I was a good person. I still felt that way, but I had some things that I needed to really look at and work on. And I'm going to be honest with you, Sadie's that that is my number one thing with my clients. It's all about the focus on you. It doesn't disregard what somebody does, but you can't control them. Right. So this is about you taking your power back and being very intentional about it. So I don't think relationships are as hard as people make them out to be. That's more self-projection, would you say, if someone really yeah. has that lens that this is so hard, this is so much work. Yeah, because we, we've been taught to endure a high tolerance of pain. Maybe we saw it. Maybe we saw our parents go through that. Maybe we watch these TV shows that tell us this, these reality shows that tells us that we have to endure a high tolerance of pain. And I just don't believe that. I don't know if I want that to be my story of being with someone for decades <laughs> only to get treated so poorly. And then you finally get a wake up call and right. it becomes like this love story. And I, for me, it's just not acceptable at this stage of my life. So the listener uh, right now knows she or he needs to quit a relationship. What's the next step? The next step after quitting? Well, they know it. Like, I know I need to quit. Like, what's the next step to actually quit? I think that, you know, we've, I knew it like for years in my marriage, I, I probably need to yeah. quit this. It took me yeah. years to do it. Yeah. I, I think it's important to have a plan in place just because the reality is this no one gets married to get a divorce if you took your vow seriously that's not your plan that is not something you hope to have so it's important to redesign a new life going forward you know don't use your divorce as a limitation or a you know a narrative that you're not enough or you know, to think that all relationships are bad or I would never get married again because this is what happened to me or believing that you have to struggle because you're no longer married. It's important to get the help so we can reframe those narratives because divorce leaves residue, even if it was the best decision. It doesn't mean it don't hurt. It doesn't mean that you're just going to ride into the sunset like some people proclaim to be. A divorce is like a death. Mm-hmm. And it's important for people to treat it as an adversity. Your children are involved, money's involved, your life changes, whether we want to admit it or not. But the power comes in deciding on how you want to redesign. I think that's the best thing you can do is really reclaim your power back after divorce. Get the help, get the tools, get the coaching. Don't feel like you have to be strong to prove to people that you're resilient. It's okay to not be okay after that. So here's something that I've learned. I know you've shared some personal things in this interview. I'll share a personal story. So what I learned through the last three years and through therapy is that even though I chose my divorce and and it really gave me a lot of empowerment, I still had a lot of things from my childhood and, and things like that 
that kept repeating themselves and dating relationships. And so it wasn't until I started really realizing patterns that's like, okay, you know, a lot of things are also about me. It's not just about this other person. And I think oftentimes we walk away and we're like, okay, forget that, you know, situation. Now I've got this under control and I'm going to be great. And it's been, it's been humbling in a good way. It's been humbling like, wow, like there are some things about myself that I really need to change. How do I, you know, I think our own that's like committing to that because that is even more daunting in some ways it is than staying in a situation where you're not happy and I think a, a lot of people stay in situations where they're not happy in dating relationships what have you because it's easier than really committing to changing the inner, absolutely and so the question is how does one go about doing that yeah the question is you know committing to that like what does that mean to you as a exit strategist coach besides finding a therapist I mean I think it's much bigger than just finding a therapist and doing oh therapy. absolutely it is. It's very bigger than that. And I think it's taking extreme ownership, um, taking the extreme ownership and, and understanding what that means and what that looks like. Because a lot of the time when you, when you tell people to take ownership, it can be very triggering to believe that everything is your fault or you got what you deserve. And that's not what taking ownership means. Taking ownership is understanding that I have the power to choose how I want to live my life moving forward. It, it helps you understand that I'm not going to let my past redefine me. It helps you face yourself and peel back the layers of things so that way you don't keep repeating the same cycles. See, ownership is your power. And I believe that when we, when we lead from that place of responsibility and accountability, we're more dedicated to doing the work. You know, that that is very important. I think a lot of the time it's easy to fall into victim. Yes. And I know that's not what we don't- comment on that, yes. Yeah, and, and I know, and, and I get it. Like, trust me, for those who are listening, I get it and I understand it. But when I talk about a place- of thriving, Sadie. So I'm not just a coach that wants you to survive. I want you to really live a thriving life. I want you to be like, wow, I never thought that my life would be like this, right? That's what I want from everybody that I talk to, that I work with, everything. So I don't I, I don't speak from victim. And sometimes we don't even realize that's what we're doing because it's so habitual. And so I always tell people when, you know, I was divorced in 2010, I was still repeating the same thing up into two, 2015. So for half of the so decade, easy to do. It's just so I was, easy to do. I was stuck in my story. Half of the decade, my chapters were the same just because I was being the victim and I didn't think it, I was. I thought I was justifying or validating, you know, without any intention on taking ownership for my life and my choices. And so you, you have to go into that extreme ownership. You have to. There's no way that you can live a better life without it. Right. And I, what I love about this message today is that to me is the ultimate commitment yeah. to a comeback because season three for me, this season is all about coming back to your best place, to your strongest Absolutely. place, to your pl- you know place of power, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me four years. Yeah, Tanya, but it's compounded. To, but it's to, compounded. To figure that out, like, wow, oh, okay. I really want this comeback yeah. story, which I do. I have to commit to me in a way that yeah. isn't just, you know, breezy, easy. And yeah. that's okay. It is. But, but I think it's, that that's where a lot of people, that, like that's where they kind of stop. And then they, and, and I know for me too, it's like you look outside of yourself. Well, maybe if I just find this right situation, if I just find this right situation, I won't have to do it. Correct. But you do. Still have to. It's still going <laughs> to. It's still going to I show I love you, up. listener. And I love myself so much, but we still have to do it if we want our we comeback do. story, right? We really do. I mean, I think another layer too is like, how long is this going to take? You know, like, I'm like, I'm like, like, where's the, what's the timeline? I'm very type A. It's like, okay, is this like a fall season? 
by winter will I feel better? You know, well, it's like a it, long commitment. It's like the it's like a marathon. I think that's another it's layer a, too. It's a new vow. Oh, a new vow. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a new vow. It's something that you recommit to every day. It's not, you know, honestly, I've been on this journey for almost eight years and I'm still on the journey. It's a recommitment to myself. But as I look back, I was not, I'm not the same woman I once was in March of 2015. You know, you have to realize that this stuff compounds and you become obsessed with it to the point where you're like, I can't go back. You know, I can't go back to the old me. And and that's the thing. It is a new vow. It is a covenant, a renewed covenant that you're making to yourself. And I, and, and that's something that I lead with my clients. Like this is now recommitting a new vow. Okay. We're going to dig, we're going to dig a little deeper here. So on that journey of committing to yourself, you get tired, you get kind of tired, Tanya. And, and absolutely, and it doesn't feel so great all the time. And I think for me, I'm like, okay, how do I keep that commitment? Cause it'd be so easy just to quit and mm-hmm. go back to doing these things I've been doing pretty much my mm-hmm. whole life. Because right. in a way they, like you said, they feel more familiar and initially they make me feel a little bit quote better initially, but still it gets me to a place that doesn't bring me the happiness that I want. So I think that, you know, that marathon that, like you said, that going the distance, doing that covenant, do you have a, a like a ritual? Do you have like a, like, how do you, I think that that's a solar that I'm struggling with. And I'm wondering if the, the listener is as well as like, how do you keep that up? One of the things that I do ask myself, because if I can be honest, I have my days where I'm tired, a great you know, um, yeah, please. I mean, real talk. I have yeah. two children. Well, they're 19 and 15 now, but it was seasons where mothering was exhausting. Can, can we just keep it real, Sadie? Yes. Or are we going, right. It's, it's, it's real. Oh like gosh, it, it, yeah. it gets, you, you love your children, but it's, it, it has seasons where it can be overwhelming. I've had seasons where, you know, things got to just get done and it's like, oh, this got to get done. This got to get done. And, and one of the things that I always ask myself is if I quit, what am I going back to? That is one of my go-to questions that I ask myself. Another thing that I ask myself is what help do I need right now? Love you know that. what I'm saying? Like sometimes like by default, I'm a figure outer, Sadie. Yes. Like I'm, and, and by <laughs> default, I take pride in doing everything on my own. Like that is something that I do with no question, right? So you are conscious a force. Part, I'm not surprised. The, the conscious part of me has to go there and say, you know what? What is it that you need help with? Do, do you need to seek therapy in this season? Do you need to seek a coach in this season? What's your circle like, right? We have to be mindful of the, the company that we keep, that we can, we can, we can share those things. So I'm not going to kick it like every day. You're just going to be like, you know, you're not like, that's just the, that's the facts and and give yourself grace. That right there is going to be your game changer. If you think that this is a linear path, then you're setting yourself up for failure. This is a, this is a journey and you have to be willing to understand that. So there are times where, you know, I've just kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Didn't even have any words, but you know, I, I do have a, a higher power than myself too. And I, I can't lie. My spiritual life is very, very important to me in terms of that and in, in learning how to just not always rely on myself, you know? And, and so that was, that was extremely important to my growth and development. What would be your advice to the listener on what to commit to right after 
a divorce or breakup. Oh yeah. Just, just recommitting back to self. Like I know that that sounds so motivational and empowering, but the reality is, is that that's a lot of work. That is a ton of work and and very intentional, very purposeful. Um, You do have to get uncomfortable. You, You do have to do what you technically don't feel like doing. Like it's not about what you feel like doing. It's something you need to do specifically when you want to thrive and live an intentional life. If you want to survive, you're just going to do the bare minimum. But when you really want to thrive, you have to recommit. You have to renew a new vow. And that's what I did. I renewed, I, I made a promise to myself that I would never go back. I made a promise to myself that I would be a better mother. Like dig deep into your why. Why does this matter? Who's watching you? You know, one of the things that's so important is that sometimes we think our kids don't pay attention, but your kids see, they know your energy. They know when you're not feeling well. My daughter knew it. My son knew it. I didn't know it. And see, you have to start digging deep and say, who needs me? You know, and it it may be your children. It just may be you. But whatever that why is, I challenge you to get deep on that why and let that be your motivator and your driving force and count your wins. Like that is Mm -hmm. something important. Even the small ones. Yep. That is the micro is the is cre- is what creates the macro. So let's just say, you know, you find yourself crying daily and you went one day without crying. Right. And crying is very, very therapeutic. But let's not discount that one day that, you know what, today was a better day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Did you get that ugly text from your ex and you just didn't respond? If that's not a win. You know, because the 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 me, the old me would have been like, oh, no, you didn't. I know you did. You know, but to be able to control that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got out of the bed this morning, as opposed to staying in there for hours because of depression, these are the small things that we overlook because we're looking at the big picture. Right. So I encourage people. I mean, to it's count even giving wins. yourself a compliment, like you look so good in that. You know what, girl? You got over there. Look at you. Look you at got you. it going on. Right. Okay. Exactly. Listen. I know. Absolutely. I know. Right. Yeah. All right. We're gonna backtrack just a just a titch. Closure. Sure. Why can't we just Ooh. let it go? Well, well, I think sometimes we believe that the closure that we need closure from them to set us free. Right. Like we've unconsciously have given them the the power to decide. And we think that getting the closure is going to be my answer. When in, when in fact, I don't think that there's nothing that they can say that's going to give you a level of closure that you within. believe is going to set you right. right. But yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, you know, some of us, because we've unconsciously inherited or created a belief like this is required for me to move on. I can't go without knowing why I can't move. I can't live. I can't heal until I really know why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe proper closure is important. Believe it or not, I do. I believe proper closure is important. Um, you know, I I do. But I also understand that everybody doesn't have the capacity to give it. And so that is the that's the other part that that that's important, too. And where they are within themselves is their own level of woundedness and brokenness that they have to unpack. So I'm not saying that how people treat you is OK, because people get the wrong misconception, like it makes it OK. It doesn't make it OK. But as humans and as people who have been through pain and hurt themselves, I have learned that they have their own unpacking to do. Men hurt, women hurt. They have stories. They have things that they haven't faced. And that's not our problem. But I do believe the understanding of of it helps you realize that I don't need them to set me free. 
Right. The understanding of it can be the freedom. It, it can be. Mm-hmm. Some people don't give you closure. They could be fearful. You know, a lot of the times people fear it requires ownership of them to give you closure. Mm-hmm. People have to take ownership. That means that they have to be honest about how they really feel about this situation. Some people feel guilty of breaking up with you and letting go. Not saying it's right. I'm just stating that these are reasons as to why. But the the most important thing is to understand that letting go of the expectation of how you think the closure should be is going to be your game changer. Mm. Right. Letting go of the expectation. That is so powerful. Right. right. Sometimes we to those outcomes, don't we? Right. We get caught up in the how, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I know some people say, well, they should have done this. And my question is, would that made it better for you? Or do you think that this expectation would have made it better? Because the truth is, is that if it's not something you want, it doesn't matter what they do. And again, it's not excusing any of this. It's just saying, hey, when, when you get into this place of like, really understanding that you really can't control people. It's the most freeing place to live and operate from. And I'm not saying you're not going to have any hurt because as humans, it comes with it, but you're not going to sit in it as long. You'll be able to deal with it better. And I think that's the starting place for where you can really commit to yourself. Absolutely. You can. And and I think, well, I would say, I think committing to yourself is this part too, just the understanding because you're seeking answers. You're seeking a different perspective. And I think that's powerful to understand another perspective outside of the one you originally had. I think that's empowering because you're now allowing yourself to not just be caught up in this one lens on how you've always viewed a situation. When you're able to say, you know what, let me explore what this other lens looks like so I can gain understanding I think that's powerful too because now you you start to look at everybody differently you really do you really do here's a curious question for you one thing I've been practicing this summer is being consistent with myself yeah because if I can't be consistent with myself it's hard to expect other people to be the same like consistent with me so that's like my Mm -hmm. starting place I have to be consistent with myself and that is a commitment to myself Right. And I've grown to understand, and I'd love your feedback on this, that if I am committing to myself daily consistently, that's the first step to help me eventually to commit to something outside of myself, a relationship outside of myself. Because I think after divorce, a lot of us in general, generically speaking, are terrified of committing to a relationship again, whether we consciously are aware of it or not. Right. Keeping your promises to yourself is very important. Um, one of the things that I, I really appreciate a person who honors their word. Yes. I do. Like I, Beyond. I thrive off that. Like your word is everything. So I had to give myself that same word. You know what I mean? But even in the word, I also had to give myself grace when things may didn't go the right way. And I think we also have to do that with people. You know, sometimes even me, there were times where I held people to an expectation that, they didn't even know that they were supposed to fulfill. It was my own expectation that they had no clue about. <laughs> it was like I came up with it in my head and I assumed that you should have known because it came up in my head. And that's again, these are things that we just it's just not realistic to do. And I think it kills a lot of relationships being that way. However, inconsistency in terms of what I knew I needed to do, that was a way of loving myself. You know, that was a way of taking care of me. That was a way of making sure that my cup was never empty and everyone else got my overflow. I realized that I can be both, which is what changed me. I can show up for me and show up for someone else. It can be simultaneously. It can be this and that. It doesn't have to be this or that. And once we allow ourselves to let both 
both in were able to show up in relationships very well. Another thing I've heard a lot from people who have been divorced when it comes to committing to a relationship is they don't want to lose their freedom. Yeah. It, is the hesitancy really about freedom? I mean, is that what they're really concerned about? Or what is there something deeper than that in your opinion? I think it can be freedom. I think it can be fear. I think it also can be the inability to control the outcome. See, here's the thing about relationships, specifically romantic ones. It's a risk. Mm-hmm. It, it, it Even in doing all the work, it's still a risk. Nothing's guaranteed in this life but death. Everything <laughs> else is subject to change. So true. I, I mean, seriously. So true. Every, it's so true. Every, yeah. Everything else is subject to change. And so, you know, when we can't control the outcome, we think the control is just to not put ourselves back out there. But in reality, is that really working or are you self-sabotaging? Are you hurting yourself on purpose because you can't control the outcome? And this is why cultivating that self-trust within yourself is so vital because you really can't control what people do. But you can control yourself. You can. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can control yourself and you can trust yourself to know that this person that you have decided to embrace a relationship with will also do the same and just and and really leave it at that and also understand that a lot of the time we ignore what we see we don't explore things that are there we don't ask the tough questions due to fear this is why you have to go in you know like if something doesn't seem right not because something is wrong this could be a trigger from something you've experienced and you're bringing into that relationship unconsciously So it's not always the fact that someone's doing something. It's the fact that what they're doing is reminding you of something of your past. And so instead of you not saying anything, let's have an open and honest conversation. But most importantly, let's check ourselves and say, okay, what is this trigger? You know, think and feel, right? We want to feel it because we want to acknowledge that it's there. But the healing part of ourselves will will work through that. And I firmly believe that if you are with somebody who truly cares about the relationship in its entirety, they're open to listening to what you have to say. Now, they may not be able to fix everything that you have going on, which is why it's still important to still do your own individual work, but they will be very supportive and extremely understanding to your feelings and needs. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that too. Or right, going the distance listener with, with the heavy hitter, Tanya Carter here today. I have another delicious question. I want us to flip the script before we end our chat today, because again, that fear energy around quitting and committing, there is so much fear energy around these two things. Absolutely. I think we can have excitement. We can have an excitement and positivity around quitting. Like, oh my God, you quit that. That's amazing. Look at you quitting that shitty thing. Or you, oh my God, you committed <laughs> to something. Look at you, you brave mother, da, 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 da. Like, look at you committing over there. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we get that energy into this? Because that's what I want to feel. That's what I want to feel, Tanya. I think reframing what quitting has meant to you, practicing a new perspective around it. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I thought quitting meant failure. Right. You know, and and so if that is the equivalent of quitting, I'm not going to embrace the fact that I left something or I walked away and I chose that, you know what, this isn't working for me. So reframing is extremely important. And I I have like a a brief affirmation if you want me to share it. Please. Okay. So one thing about that whole reframing piece is that we've been conditioned in our subconscious mind to believe something about a particular thing. And the more we play into that, the more that becomes true. So reframing helps us change the narrative. So, you know, you can say something on the lines of my choice to walk away from something or someone 
that compromises my quality of life displays courage and bravery. I have given this experience all that I can give. I have done everything in my power to make it work. Therefore, I can leave in knowing that I put my best foot forward. Mm. On this day and the days ahead, I choose to give myself the grace and compassion to dissolve this relationship with the intention of doing what's necessary for me to not limit myself on who I can be, what I can do, and what I can have in the next season of my life. That's a whole different way of looking at quitting. Mm, powerful. And it's also okay to decommit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this conversation has brought me a lot of joy and I'm sure for the listener too. And if he or she is ready to commit or quit something and need support, how can they find you, Tanya? Okay. You can find me on Instagram. My name is I am Tanya Carter. You can look me up there. You can go to my website, tanyacarter.com. And I also have a podcast called Purposely Thriving Podcast. So you can find me there. I'm everywhere. (laughs) You are a force and a blessing. And I am so grateful for this conversation today. I'm feeling excited about the things I have quit and excited about the things I'm about to commit to more so in my life. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tanya. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tanya. Coach Tanya, for going the distance in that chat with me today. That was quite a spicy journey. Very, very insightful. Very powerful. I want you to remember to look in the show notes for links to Tanya's website, where you'll find her book, Divorce Your Story, A Woman's Guide to Heal and Thrive After Divorce. You'll also find her signature program, Thrive, on her website as well and her social media handles. Okay, did that conversation get you fired up or what? Are you needing a maybe a serious cool down after that or should we keep going? I think we should keep going. Let's keep going because it is time to give you your weekly comeback tip. Say these tips to happiness. Every episode this season, I'm going to be sharing a comeback tip with you. I know it's been so fun. And this week, the tip is this. It's time to knock out fear and trust yourself again. You know, like Tanya talked about today, many newly divorced people, even if you've been divorced for a while now, you can have a nearly debilitating fear factor when it comes to starting over. And interestingly, the root of that fear is most oftentimes based on something that isn't even the truth. So on this sweaty road to your comeback, ask yourself about the self-sabotaging thoughts that you're having about relationships. I mean, what false narrative lens about your ex or about yourself are you looking through when examining a wonderful connection with a new partner? I want you to ask yourself a question today. In what ways have I been loving to myself? so that I can freely commit to loving someone else. And if you can't think of any, I love you so much, but then I want you to get busy. There is no time like the present to start doing the work as Tanya put it. And that can be the traditional, of course, the traditional self-care of, you know, get a massage and say the positive mantras. But also it means talking to a coach like Tanya or a therapist, you know, someone who can help you clear out those false narratives so you don't have to be schlepping them around. It's okay to talk to someone because those bogus stories They're heavy stuff and you don't have to do all the heavy lifting anymore. But you know what's really exciting is that buried in those stories are some awesome, useful lessons. You just need to, you just need to parse out all the good stuff so that you can start to trust your own judgment again, which will lead you to trusting others. So breathe because you've got this and remember, it's all going to lead to your comeback. 
Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this life after divorce community by following me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and TikTok at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to download Sadie's eight tips to happiness. You'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you've found value in my podcast, consider being an official sponsor. Email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also buy me a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two, and I thank you for your support. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to seeing you next week for another round of content created to kickstart your comeback.